normally talk about history in the past tense, but where does that leave Rangad? There isn't much of a past tense to explore in a town that still smells of sawdust and pine resin. The arrival of the Westbreaker made history in the infant town. It was, in fact, the first ship to make port in what would one day be the base of the Aurora Legion First Fleet. Cobb, Tissa, and Penelope are its first visitors, too. What else about their visit will make history? Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. Audience. Hello, audience. Hi, audience. I'm your host, King Cat, and I'm confused a little bit. No, I'm good. I'm here. I'm here and I'm present and I'm ready to roll. With me today, here, present and ready to roll, Kathleen. Heck yeah. Able to choose any two of here, present and ready to roll, it's Nick. Uh, Here and ready to roll. All right. Yeah. Also, Kirsten, pick two. Um, Here... And ready to roll? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a two. Okay. So not, so you both decided to skip the present. Yeah. What what is what is uh, the present? I mean it means the same thing as here, so I guess I could have <laughs> Well Look, the present for us is different than the present for the listeners who are listening to it in their present, which is our past. Mm-hmm. Well, it's our future now, but it will have been our past. Mm-hmm. For most people it's not in our presence either. This is also true. This is also true. Are we in each other's presence since we are all recording in separate rooms in separate locations? Yeah. Digitally, but not physically. In spirit. Mm-hmm. In spirit. In spirit. Previously. On Sword of Symphonies. The party met Archknight Gaius Beryl, who was in charge of the construction of Rangad the soon-to-be naval base of operations just on the borders of the wastes. It's a chilly day. It's a chilly day. It's not warm. Kathleen tried to get extremely goth with it, but the party would not allow that. No, no. My my foray into emo was shot down with the power of friendship. We're entirely too cozy, I think. (laughs) I worry sometimes. I worry that we're too cuddly. <laughs> That'll be something to ask the listeners at the end of the podcast. I, I like I like cuddliness. <laughs> it's like we're this close to just being this teddy bear junction. Like, <laughs> so dinner has come and gone. You guys ate. I mean, what was on hand? Um, mostly pizza. Mostly frozen pizza. I mean, what else are you going to uh, eat up there? Frozen pizza, fresh from the vine. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I, I mean, you can have the, the traditional Ontario-style iced pizza. Yeah, see? The great iced pizza delicacy. It, it, was, it was great, and everybody was very disturbed when Penelope put half a pizza in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She rolled it up, which is what made it so upsetting. She rolled it up, crust in. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Uh, people are trying not to make eye contact with Penelope, at least until, like, <laughs> her pockets stop emitting pizza steam. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Perfect. My beautiful tapestry is complete. 
after dinner, everyone has gone to do stuff. There's not a ton to do in Rangad, especially as, as night approaches. But as the sun sets, campfires go up. As the workers return to their tents after a long day and everybody gets ready to wind down for the night, you all have tents set up not far from the center of operations. Clara beelines to the temporary workshop that has been erected for her so that she can commence work on the specimen that was brought in for her from the Velt. Ah, oh, yes, the mechanical horse. <laughs> I think we figured out it runs on oats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I mean, it might run on biodiesel. Well, the, what's the difference between oats and biodiesel? Listeners, if you know what the difference between biodiesel and oats, please let us know on Twitter at... <laughs> <laughs> at yeah. If you know the difference between biodiesel and oats, at Peach Garden RPGs is definitely the place to share that knowledge. It's important, and we will listen. Okay. I guess my question is, how used are you to camping? How comfortable are y'all in tent? Oh. I would imagine Tissa is very comfortable. Tissa is hella camping. Mm-hmm. Penelope is pretty used to camping when they would have to go back and bring the herd back in or things like that or be out on the range for, for days or things like that. So. Oh, yeah. You camped out with Tissa back in Chilras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cobb still finds the fact that the ground doesn't move when he's trying to sleep a little weird, but he's fine. What Tissa is not used to is cold northern borality. Oh, yeah. It is is not particularly warm. Like, okay, the desert at night on pilgrimage got real, 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 real cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was an issue. But you could also potentially pull out kind of crepuscular ways of being or walk during night and stay out of the sun during the day and deal with the uh, intense cold that way, maybe. Oh, yeah. Boreality kind of forces you to be diurnal. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up diurnal. So that's weird. Okay. Tissa is thankfully mostly dressed for it. She's got enough scarves. Got enough scarves and has a whisper wool cloak, which is... Coming in so handy. Yeah. This is a nice, like, quiet, sort of, like, peaceful retreat for Tissa, who is just kind of, like, staying warm and not really listening to everybody, like, argue over pizza. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I like to imagine just just Penelope starts shoving it in her pocket and Tissa just slowly puts up the hood. (laughs) Just... Just kind of keeps going. Just like, okay. Just <laughs> bye. Bye. Is it um? Is it pretty active? At like, do they have pretty much round the clock work happening? Like construction, even at night, kind of thing. No, not really. The construction starts to wind down after dinner. Oh yeah, I guess the they'd part. have to do it in actual like light. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. without really big flood lamps, it'd be hard. Mm-hmm. It's quite dark because this isn't a proper city. And it would be really weird to just, like, demand that people scatter themselves while they're doing logging. That seems dangerous. Mm-hmm. That seems mm-hmm. mad dangerous and not particularly good practice. Probably not. No. Not good labor practices. The health and safety committee would be like, nah. 
You know, and the Crusaders probably have one of those. They're a large enough, well enough organized organization. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe Claire is secretly part of that group, but I somehow doubt it. How could you doubt that? How could you doubt Clara's commitment to safety? <laughs> just, just a hunch. Yeah. So you guys have your little tents set up in a little circle not far from the command tent. There is a roaring bonfire in the middle of this little circle. Marcus is seated on the ground. He's got a cup of something hot in his hand. It's steaming. He's got a pile of blankets leaning against his shoulder. Every so often, just like quiet complaining can be heard to emerge from somewhere deep in the pile. <laughs> it is an extremely clear night. To us modern viewers, there would be an upsetting number of stars. But to Cobtis and Penelope, who aren't as used to light pollution, there's just a whole lot. Just a real whole lot. Okay. And not long after the sun goes down, a brilliant moon rises not quite full just kind of an eggy shape three-quarter moon yeah just a big old eggy three-quarter moon rises up bathing everything in just cold bluish light mm. well this is nice says kathleen yeah, yeah it's nice it is nice Cobb is probably ignoring a lot of the niceness and trying to trade I don't know, stories or singing for rum rations. Ooh. I'd like to have some of that grift in scene. Yep. I guess Penelope will finish off the rest of her pizza. <laughs> That's horrible. That's <laughs> I wasn't the one that not, did it. This was Nick. This was Nick. This is true. This is true. This like, is Nick. Kirsten is being a good role player and yes anding us here. She's yes anding us. <laughs> that we regret it is our fault. She has invented Hot Pockets and is very happy. Fuck. <laughs> so, okay, so Cobb, you're going to try to, you're going to try and negotiate for some rum. Now, I have a couple questions about this. Question number one, you've got rum on the Westbreaker, right? Yes. Okay. Question number two, who are you trying to scam? Slash Weedle. The workers who have the rum rations. Okay. Oh, I've just realized that... I think Sot's with you because I just realized that we're not leaving him alone on the boat. No. Mm. Yeah. And he's probably going to stick close to Cobb. Yes. So Cobb is going to find the nearest bonfire that there are uh, folks around. And he's going to kind of head on over and park himself down next to the bonfire and, you know, and say, hey, everybody. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm here with the ship. And just wanted to get to know some folks here and kind of like start playing a little bit on the accordion. Yeah, I think some people just wave you to sit down. They scooch around the fire so that there's room. There's some kind of makeshift benches that have been lazily rough hewn out of scrap lumber. And people are telling stories and laughing. And several of them have, have stopped and are, are listening. So I think, uh, first things first, I'm going to make a, I think we're going to go with a daring performance here because Cobb is just going to try and be out there and like boisterous, you know, because we got to, we got to start off. We got to give them something that they want. You never get free rum unless you're willing to put yourself out there. You got to sell yourself a little bit first. You got to let them know that you're worth it. Yeah, that you're worth the free rum. So now that we are in the new rules, is there specialties anymore? 
There are not, no. There are not. Okay, so this is just performance. Yes. Looks like one success, one edge success. Okay. I'm trying to think of a good edge success condition. I know there's one. I know there is one. I know it exists. I just need to find it with my brain. What about Cobb gets roped into logging so that Nick can play out all of his um, various waltzes in his head? (laughs) (laughs) You're a criminal and you're going to jail. Podcast jail. Podcast jail. Actually, I have one. I maybe a good edge success is Cobb has to tell pirate stories. That's not a <laughs> Cobb loves telling pirate stories. Yes, Cobb loves telling pirate stories to pirates. Oh, this is true. He tends to avoid doing it around non-pirates. True. He does not like to tell pirate stories, especially around all of the people who are vaguely law enforcement in a weird roundabout way. Or at least very proper. I know Marcus would probably be very cross if he knew, like the extent of Cobb's piratic nature. He, I mean, he prefers you not tell pirate stories around Sot because Sot's impressionable. This is true. This is, he does, he does prefer that. He does want you maybe not to encourage the baby to piracy. But uh, I think actually the edge success condition is going to be that the camp that you find that lets you kind of settle in and gives you some rum rations is going to be away from the others. Like a fair distance from the others. Okay. So Cobb is going to be out there on the fringes. Yeah. uh, Being loud and telling big stories for rum. Okay. So I have two loud Cobb questions. Yes. Loud Cobb question number one. What kind of song is Cobb playing? What is it called? We'll see. We want a good upbeat song to begin with. And yeah, we'll say it's a jig. Nice. Um, And it is called... It is called the dry crow's nest. I'm assuming it is about not being allowed to have rum. It is about not being allowed to have rum in the crow's nest. <laughs> the reason why you're not allowed to is somebody had too much rum and they fell out of the crow's nest. Oh. It's the kind of thing that actually when you tell it doesn't sound that funny, but it's a really funny song. Yeah. <laughs> but you do kind of have to sing it. All the humor is lost if you just read the lyrics. It's actually kind of a bummer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you have to be very boisterous and laughing while you're singing about it. Otherwise, you just kind of sound like a psychopath. Yeah. You know, like, like most good sailor sing, singing drinking songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, are, are you telling full bore pirate treasure pirate stories? Cobb will tell as much as he can get away with. And also, he will probably tell more depending on how much rum he is able to procure. I have two things to contribute to this. One of them is that Sot knows this one. I imagine that this is one that you've sung before while working. And so, like, at least for the chorus, he catches on pretty quickly and he starts singing along with you. Aw. Nice. And he's just got he's just got the loveliest, sweetest little voice. And he's a good, good choir boy. Second thing is that they're not actually big rum drinkers. There is a liquor ration. It is kind of a I think it's kind of a vodka adjacent. Okay. A somewhat stern, clear, like, grain alcohol. <laughs> mm. That would make sense on the ecological zone we're in would be, yeah. Well, I mean, you can make hella barrels, but yeah, Rongat is not old enough to have aged a whiskey yet. This is true. It's probably all white lightning, if it's local. It's probably not local, but if it is... It is not, and it's also... Um, 
I think I'm actually going to go for like a gin. I think I'm going to go for like a grain alcohol flavored with herb. All right. It has kind of a fresh floral aroma. There's probably some mint in there. It's uh, it's kind of weirdly cool on your breath. Sounds pretty yummy. So it's a little it's a little unusual, but it's kind of nice getting a surprise. Yeah. You see the workers mixing it with their tea. That seems pretty normal. Yeah. Warming up around this fire with with tea, with liquor. And you find out as you're hanging out with these people that this is the Aurora Legion Engineer Corps. Oh, these are these are Clara's people. These are Clara's people. Um, by and large, most of them are not fighters. Most of them are either scholars or workers. So Cobb is probably the biggest person here then. One of them, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like construction workers here. <laughs> like this isn't a circle of Claras, but I'm just I'm just imagining the uh, the scientists from Half Life. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of scintillating conversation and drinks. Well, but then he's saying that to like the burly, burly loggerman. <laughs> you know, like Barney is there too. So my next question is, what is Penelope doing? So after Penelope has her pizza snack, she's going to be checking up on Polly. Do they have any kind of like stables or anything? They have got stables. They've got beasts of burden here, typically horses and like particularly shaggy and muscular donkeys that seem to be just real trustworthy. Oh, okay. So Polly should be... Pretty good setup in there with her hastily sewn together blanket and, uh... Don't forget that Polly's a boreal creature. Oh, that's true. Penelope likes to fuss, though. That's This is true. <laughs> but by and large, Polly is having a pretty grand time. She's back in the boreal forest. She'll sometimes nip into the tree line to graze a little bit. Oh. She'll fly around in the open clearing that has been created to build Rangad. So... I'm going to say that, like, Penelope was fussing like she usually does, getting everything set up in the stables for Polly. Polly's not ready for bed yet. She's happy to be off the boat and stretching her wings and legs. In exactly. She's having a great yeah. time. And then when she's done that, you said Cobb was far away. Would she be able to hear them? Or um, I think you can faintly hear the sound of an accordion, but I don't think you can hear Cobb's revelry. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, she might go check out what's happening after she's kind of finished everything she wanted to do for the night. Um, and she's yeah. probably wearing not really a jacket because she just like grabbed a blanket and is just kind of like walking around wrapped up in a blanket because that's how she do. <laughs> so she's, yeah, she's, she wanders over to where she hears the accordion. That sounds like a Penelope thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cowboyish to me. A good wool blanket will serve you really well. Yeah. Yeah. So you're cowboying up to where Cobb is? Yeah. Yeah. She's going to kind of follow the noise, see what the haps is. Okay. So yeah, you find Cobb telling stories about uh, piracy. Sot hanging on every word. They've both got, I'm assuming, steaming mugs of tea with liquor. And Penelope settles down and pulls out an orange and... Starts peeling the orange and listening to the stories. Saw, which which one is he telling? Um, you know the one um 
Uh, the one with the rocks. Oh. Where the ship got knocked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. That's, that that's one. a good one. All right. It's a good one, yeah. Do you know that they'll give, like, anybody a drink? Oh. Oh, I, yeah. I see. Penelope kind of looks at Salt. How is he looking? Is he looking? He's uh, he's fairly red-faced. <laughs> like, he's, he's, oh, okay. he's pretty red-faced right now. Ah, I see, I see. And so Penelope goes and she takes the, I assume there's like a hot kettle or whatever that's been on the fire, right? Mm-hmm. And she takes that and say, here, um, so I'll just warm that up for you. And she just pours in some like hot water into it to kind of like mellow it out. <laughs> mm. There you go. And she brings it back and passes it to him. Thanks, Penelope. Hey, it's got it. You got to keep warm. Yep. Uh, he, he caught on. I know. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to roll. I'm going to. No, I think this is this is a this is a child consuming liquor. He's very focused on that particular aspect of what's going on. Ah, okay. And Penelope has like, she's not the most responsible of people, but she's (laughs) guided her younger siblings around certain things here and there. So it wasn't that strong, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I find that things catch up with me pretty quick. You know, if it's in one that I'm not used to. So my next question is, are you contributing to the grift? Ah, fuck. Why did I ask that? (laughs) Fuck. I'm an idiot. I'm the dumbest possible human being. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. Weave us your trash pile. (laughs) Like Penelope's story time? If Penelope wants story time, Cobb will uh, like shut up for a bit and play, uh, I guess, ambient accordion for her. Thanks, Cobb. This is one I used to do for uh, the kids back home. And uh, she pulls out her rope and it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a story through <laughs> dance. Okay. <laughs> and she like takes out her rope and she does kind of like sort of the, an idea of rhythmic gymnastics, you know, like the ribbon idea. Okay. But with like her lasso. And it's her take on an old folk dance that they used to do in Northridge. And it tells the story about the settling of the area um, and the first farmers and ranchers and um, their beginning. Okay. I guess guess I'm going to have to roll for that to see how well she does. You're going to have to roll for that. We need to find somebody with a guitar at this point to round out our, or whatever stringed instrument they well, in Penelope's case, yes, it would just be a guitar. Yeah. Does daring sound like a... Daring sounds correct. All right. Two successes. I guess this is one... She picked this one because it's one she's quite familiar with. Yeah. I think not only that, but you're talking to people who are in the process of building a new settlement. So I think telling them the story of, like, the genesis of Northridge is something that really resonates with these people. Oh, Okay. Because they're, like, they're, they're building a city, too. This is it was a nice choice. You definitely get some liquor. Yay! And then Yay! She, she settles back down and starts drinking the hot tea. The northern tea grog. Yeah. Yeah. What is Tissa doing? I think that Tissa is, after having the emotions this morning... 
is kind of just hanging out and stargazing at the way things look this far north and just sort of being contemplative, contemplative. Okay. Maybe she is sort of mouthing things back at the stars if they're talking to her and has her back to the fire and is looking toward the coast and up into the sky. Okay, that's lovely. Are you doing it just at where all the uh, tents are? Just kind of settled in your place or have you tissed off to somewhere remote? Hmm. I think that it's cold enough that she's sticking by the fire. Marcus is sitting quietly with a book. Uh, Every so often you can hear someone complaining from the blanket pile. But other than that, I like it's a pair of quiet grown-ups having a quiet grown-up time on a lovely night. That's very nice. Tissa is not in indulging the rest of us in our shenanigans. <laughs> well, I am very supportive of the shenanigans, but I think that this is the sort of night that Tissa would zone out in. Or rather not zone out, be like be very, very busy looking at the stars. She would tissa very hard. It takes a lot of effort to like really look at all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of them. Yeah, especially when there are so many. And you have to keep track of like where you are and what it's like here and piece things together with like, okay, well, so as we've been going further north, these ones have been going this way and these ones have been going this way. Okay. All right. So the next thing that happens is that there is an enormous noise from not far from your guys' little encampment. There is a crash from the makeshift workshop. Oh, One so heavy that it can be felt in the ground even as far away as Cobb and Penelope have found themselves. Oh, no. Um, Penelope's going to rush to where the sound was. Well, Tissa's going to make a sensitivity roll because she doesn't get to hear it. Oh, yeah, she might not hear it. No successes, so maybe she has to notice the activity instead. Yeah. Uh, I think you do notice Marcus react because he just starts upward, lifts his head and gets up without waiting for the blanket to get off of him. And the blanket just sort of like, I think, collapses onto the ground a little bit indignantly. Yeah. You can't hear the wine come out of it, but (laughs) yeah. Cobb wraps up the the song and says, I I think I might know who, who caused that. And bids the small circle uh, adieu as he as he heads over to where the noise was. Okay, so the first thing that happens is that the wall of the workshop comes down. The the wall. The wall of the workshop comes down, and Shit. yeah, um, and what the people who are present see is. It looks like an obelisk carved vaguely in the shape of a bull. It's got creases and segments that put together have this optical illusion of a bull. But it's clearly just a block. Just a big, solid block of material. 
the mechanisms that cause it to move are buried under this shell, but it moves with heavy, thundering lurches. And the very first thing that's going to happen is I'm going to get some rolls from everybody. What sort of rolls? Well, the kind of rolls you make when it's time to fight something. Oh, wow. Oh, by the way, it's time to fight something. Is it fights time? Not for you. Not for you. Not yet. 14. Ooh, that was a good roll. Well, actually, that was a very average roll. (laughs) And 13. I also rolled a daring athletics and got an edge success, which makes me think that I will probably miss a turn. Why have we rolled daring athletics? Uh, To catch up to the commotion. Oh, um, it's not far from you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not worried about Tissa's location because Tissa stayed where she was. That's fair. Okay. This is why I gave Cobb that edge success condition. Right. Okay. Yeah. I think the, the first thing Cobb is going to do is just yell, Clara, we've not even been here a day. Oops. Can we see where, like, is Clara also there? Like, is she Okay. Um, you cannot see this, especially not you. You're ways away. Oh, yes. I guess it would take us a while to catch up. Yeah, you're not there. Cobb is going to motion to who I'm imagining Sot followed, like when when Cobb got up. Hey, uh, go get my sword for me. Yes, sir. Did you leave your sword like in your tent or on the Westbreaker? Uh, like it's in the tent. Okay. Are all three of the swords in the tent? That is that will be up for Sot to decide. Ah. Cobb just told him to go get my sword. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yep, that's true. I mean, um, you can hypothetically outrun him. He's headed in the same direction you are. Yeah, but, like, Cobb is going to try and deal with this thing in front of him first. Okay. So the very thing, the very first thing that happens is I am going to make, um, going to make, Tissa, Marcus, and Blanket make adaptability athletics rolls. Okay. One success and one edge success. Okay, you are going to need to keep the edge success. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. I'm not going to let you attack on your next turn. You can do other things, but actually, like, attacking this thing is not going to be possible for you this turn. Works for me. Okay. The automaton, because that is what we're dealing with here, lets out a sharp hiss and a great groaning and grinding of its parts as it just slams itself into the ground. And everyone close to it feels the ground shake. Tissa manages to stay upright. Caldas manages to get up. Marcus falls to the ground, has to take a knee. And that is its first turn. Next person I'm making act is Tissa. Are the spell pieces the same as they were this morning? Um, They are, with the exception of the additional word empty has been added. Empty? Mm-hmm. What were the words again? I- War, chili, new, assembly, and ready. And now empty as well. Okay. Tissa is going to cast Finding Assembly. Finding Assembly is basically a signal flare. Okay, so your goal is to let everyone know that this is the place to gather at. 
Yeah. Okay. What is the new way that arpeggios work? Is that also something that you can just do in a turn? Yes. Okay. Then you will start with finding as well. Okay. And who are you passing finding to? I guess Caldus is on his feet, so we'll go with Caldus. Okay. And what do you think for that spell? One scatter, two scatter? Yeah, one scatter. This isn't a big... So I'll mark off two scatter for that then. One scatter for the arpeggio, one scatter for the spell. Good. Okay. I'm not sure if Caldus has any good uh, has any good arpeggio words. I think he's going to add darkness and pass it on. I think we're going to go with finding darkness attached on to... I mean, presumably he's going to pass it to Marcus, who's the third person present, who cannot move, but can do spell. I think what he's going to do, because I definitely want to play with this, is pass the arpeggio back to Tissa with allies. We're going to give Tissa the words darkness finding allies. Cool. And we're going to see what can be done with that. What Marcus is going to do is use his assist pool. Mm. He is going to use the ability call Spectre. So he is on the ground. He's had to take a knee. Caldas reaches down to help him up. But before he can do that, someone rises from the ground beside him. And Marcus is leaning on the shoulder of this transparent warrior of the past a figure in full armor that obscures their features, that strangely reflects the moonlight despite not casting a shadow in it. And let's see. That's Marcus's turn. Cobb and Penelope are on their way. That's their turns, which means it's time for lasers. Lasers? Lasers. Oh, it shoots lasers. Did I not mention that earlier? <laughs> This is the first that I've heard that it shoots lasers. We, we didn't, yeah, we didn't know about the lasers. <laughs> oh, you didn't know about the, okay, well, now's the time where I'm formally notifying you that it shoots lasers. There, oh. <laughs> there's a groan from inside the machinery as the portion that looks vaguely like a head separates from the rest. And you can see the mechanisms and the pistons inside as the moonlight reflects off a single fist-sized lens. And, oh, this is the end of the round, so that's mean to do. Um, Let's not be mean. No, let's be mean. Mm -hmm. So it sweeps a beam of peculiar lemon yellow light around itself in a circle. And the circle reaches far enough that the people who are at this combat right now take three damage. All right. Okay. I need to find out whether specters take damage because I forgot whether I wrote that in there. Oh man, this is probably not doing great for the campsite, huh? No, there's definitely a fire that started in the workshop. So now it's time for the next round. And the very first action belongs to the bull. It is going to do another ground pound. So I would like everybody who's present to roll me those adaptability athletics rolls. A success. A success is not going to be enough. You're going to fall down. You fall down on ground. Penelope got two successes. Okay, Penelope's fine. Wow, Cobb rolled unbelievably well. Four successes. Cobb is a-okay. Cobb arrives uh, set... Sot ducks into the tent and merges with... I'm going to roll a die here because he just grabbed the first sword he saw. 
Oh, that is a that is a four. It's Cobb's good old trusty regular sword. Good job, Sot, Kathleen says slightly disappointedly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was the least interesting op- Wait a second, I'm the GM. Why like why am I taking the least interesting <laughs> option? No, he uh he grabs the feather sword. He grabs the the demon feather. Because it's the first sword he saw. Why did I roll for that? I didn't need to do that. The old ways are, are you're, you're too set in your old ways. You got to do the new ways where things are cool. You got to just do what's cool. <laughs> hey, hey, audience, just do what's cool. Speaking of what's cool, Cobb and Tissa, the time has come for your initiative. Tissa is going to get up and seize Cobb and is going to pass Cobb finding Darkness Allies heat. <laughs> How durst thou? <laughs> so, does to suspend the whole round getting up and approaching further, or is there more options? Right now, what's happening is you're effectively frozen for the round. So you, okay. cannot, you cannot change your physical position, but you can do stuff. Hmm. Oh, Marcus also fell over again. Oh, no. He's not rolling good at this. His low adaptability is really kind of kicking his ass right now. How about we just roll sensitivity tactics? Okay. Tissa wants to get a sense of the fuck? The fuck. A success and an edge. Okay. A success and an edge will tell you that the sweeping beam is fairly low to the ground and doesn't extend particularly far. Mm. Tactically speaking, it's at its best when it's taking advantage of people having been knocked over by the ground slam. Ah, the wombo combo. The wombo combo. I think Tissa yells, big guy, you're going to be good at this. I hope so. Okay, Cobb has received both an arpeggio and words of encouragement from Tissa. (laughs) Because he does air stuff. They do air stuff. Cobb is going to, like, steal himself here and kind of roll his shoulders and tighten his bandana and go, I think I might need some help on this one. If you're out there one more time and he is going to use all of this, all of the spell pieces that he has been given. And he is going to also then add assembly and crew to it. Oh, no, um, the, the arpeggio. Oh, you know what? I don't want to correct this. I don't want to correct this at all. Or do I do I have to use a terrain piece? Um, the arpeggio pieces that you've been given are for an attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. But on the other hand, it would be really cool if they got added into a really big spell. And that's exactly why I stopped myself from that. Because, <laughs> like, on the other hand, on one hand, I have a manual over there that I've been working on. <laughs> but on... Um, yeah, but on the other hand, no, I really like being able to throw somebody words instead of the terrain pieces. Like, I like that a lot. No, I think we can do we can do both of this. Just tell me what you want to do. I'm here for it. This is a play test. So, OK, we won't use the terrain piece then. So this will be what? Uh, darkness, finding. Allies and heat. Allies, heat and uh, Cobb will add his piece, Crew. This one doesn't seem like his normal spell. There isn't the rush of seawater. There is instead a strange heat as somebody who the other folks have never seen before 
also hops out from behind Cobb, a very large individual, even bigger than Cobb, holding a tremendous green staff, leaps up into the air and comes down on top of this thing. Okay. Let's see. You've used a total of four scatter from friends and allies. How much scatter do you want to spend on just a big mean hit? Um, or do you want this to be like a summon that is around? I think this is just going to be a summon that's around for a little bit. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to ask you to match the four. Then we will match the four. Okay. The specter does a big mean hit, though. There is a resounding ring like a clumsily built bell being struck as the carapace of this moving machine is buffeted by this ghostly spear. Not spear, staff. Spectral staff. And Cobb kind of takes a deep breath and closes his eyes a little bit and says, I can usually help one more time, Jeremiah. Okay. And Cobb has summoned one of his old crew members. Good. Good and cool, and I like it a lot. Is it rules as written? No. <laughs> is it good and cool? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we want cool things to happen. We want, we need cool things to happen. Yes. Okay. Let's roll some dice. Let's roll some dice for the big man and his ghost friend. Okay. So both Marcus and this spectral warrior standing beside him rear back, gripping a spear. And it fully just javelin it. He does manage to get up, but he can't go far. And both the real literal spear and the moonlit spectral spear sail through the air and make impact in the joint where what looks like a leg is supposed to detach. It's kind of hard to tell. It's a blob. That deals some damage to it. That is for sure. Penelope. So Penelope's going to do two things. First, she's actually going to use Minor Miracle um, of, on Marcus. Okay, he hasn't lost any maximum HP yet. Although he has, he has been lasered very bad. Yeah, he hasn't been like, maximum HP is when you're reduced to zero HP, your maximum goes down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, He's not that badly injured. Okay, I'll do this first. Penelope's going to take care of the fire that's burning around the workshop with a spell called Chilly Wind to try to, like, freeze the, the fire. Okay, chill wind. Yes. That's very practical. Just a pretty chill wind. Yeah. <laughs> just, just super ch chill. It's Just a chill wind you'd like to hang with. Yeah. Okay. All righty. I'm going to ask you for... Either one or two scatter for that. What would be the difference between the one and the two? The um, the two will also rouse Clara. I will do two. Okay. Okay, describe chill wind. Tell us about this, this extremely cool wind you want to hang with. <laughs> so, as part of the spell, suddenly Penelope has shade she can throw on. <clears throat> and then these icicle, this icicle blast comes out from her fingers, and this wind that says, yeah, as it flies through the air, goes, and dampens out the fire. God, you're the worst. <laughs> the wind also has sunglasses. Oh, of course. And every spell that Penelope casts that is personified wears yeah. a cowboy hat. 
Because of course, of course, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Cowboy hat and or sunglasses. Yeah. Um. After you cast this spell, you hear coughing from inside. Ooh. Okay. Um. Okay. Could I like try to <laughs> make an athletics check to get to where she is? Um. It's going to be difficult because you've already acted this round. So in order to do that and get there, you're going to have to be very quick. Okay. I will. I will try. Beat a three. Adaptability athletics. Can you do something with your key? Three is a lot. Three is a lot. Ooh, two and an edge success. That's exactly what we need if you keep the edge success. Ah, right, right. But what is the penalty? You're going to end up right next to it. You know what? Yeah, Penelope is going to do that. Yeah, yeah. She's going to beetle as fast as she can to where Claire is. Okay, and yeah, Penelope summons speed she did not know she had. Just tears through the broken open workshop, finds Clara lying behind an overturned table, which is just covered on one side with scorch marks. Ooh. Is Clara burnt at all? Um, she seems to be okay. She's got some blood running from her scalp. I think she probably took a bad knock to the noggin, but the cold wind kind of woke her up. Okay. Okay. And I think before we stick a pin in this one, it is going to try a different thing. Okay. No, it, uh, it fails. It, it tries to shoot just like a single blast of that lemon yellow light at Cobb, but it falls short, hits the ground near him. Oh my God, says Penelope. I don't think she saw the first laser. Uh, she has no idea what's what's going on. What is this? <laughs> what is this? What's going on? What is it? And the answer is uh, a big old fight. A big old fight that we're not going to be able to conclude in one episode. Oh my. Which means for now. For now. Dear listener, it's memory time. Do, 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 do. I like how we all waited for the music to play in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I did, yeah. I guess I'm not going to have to nudge anything. I guess I'm just going to be able to drop it straight in there. I just, I'm so used to having it, right? So it's like... <laughs> yeah, I was like, now I have to be quiet while the music plays. <laughs> Despite the fact that we've done this, this is our 40th time doing <laughs> It only took us 40 episodes to actually, like, give Kathleen some room to work. <laughs> we learn eventually. Oh, oh, that silence. All right. What's everybody's memories? I like having a new toy to play with in the different arpeggio system. Yeah. It's fun and cool. And, like, it immediately made something kind of awesome happen. That so is that a, was neat. That is true. That would be my memory, too, is, like, how it culminated in the rad spell that Cobb was able to cast. Yeah, that was extremely dope. Well, and, like, for me, while I was playing, it kind of, like, built up a little bit of anticipation each time. It's like, okay, I have the arpeggio now. What can I do with it? Oh, wait, I can't anymore. So what the hell is Nick going to do with it? And let's, let's make that Nick's problem. And so I'm glad to see what happened. Cobb got to summon one of his buddies. Yeah, Cobb got to summon his buddy. Kirsten, you had a memory? Yeah, 
that would be mine. Okay. Um, also, I, I do think that Marcus has some pretty cool spells too. Like using his assist pool is, it, it has a real cool uh, aesthetic to it. Yeah, you guys have assist pools now too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was considering actually, I was considering, because I was like, oh, Polly can join me. But then I don't think Penelope would actually bring Polly into this because she just like booked it. And also she fusses over Polly and she has no idea what this thing is. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a shame. She might call her later. Well, there's still more fight to be had. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of this tactic involves uh, problems on the ground. Oh, okay. Well, I can see. <laughs> like I'll see if Penelope can, can figure that out. <laughs> using, I'll, I'll roll and see if she can figure that out. Tessa figured yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, trapped right next to the thing. Like, oh no, what do I do? What do you do? What do you do? Maybe Pollyanna has her big Piro moment. Oh, there you go. Oh, that would be extremely cool. That would be. We'll have to see next time. Yeah, we'll have to see next time. Uh, before we go to next time, though, uh, my moment was I actually really liked the sort of the, the quiet moment between Tissa and Marcus just hanging out and looking at stars and trying desperately to have some relaxing time while Claire is over there getting into trouble as usual. Yeah. They, they are the adults of our group, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. I do. I do like it a lot. You know what else I like a lot? The listeners. You, the listeners, yeah. I was I was that's where I was going with that. Yeah, Kirsten. <laughs> and you guys. Aw. Yeah. Thank you for playing with me this week. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. And it's always a, a pleasure to be doing this. If you have memories for me, because as we've established in prior memory times, I need them to live. If you have memories for me. Please, please send them to me either with the email form on sortofsymphonies.com or on Twitter at PeachGardenRPGs. Let me know what you think, especially if you've played and you have thoughts. Yes, those are always the best. And you can also tell us the difference between biofuel and oatmeal. Yeah, we also need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> yep. So until next time, green engineers and car enthusiasts. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hollow notes. <laughs>